Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. everyone's Vita Girl Economist coming to you this morning with my main man CJ working the airwaves, making sure the broadcast is coming out crispy clean. You know what I mean? Check us out, roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News. Rogue News on every single platform out there. The links are all in the description box. And also make sure you check out our paid sponsors, mycbdedibles.com. Mycbdedibles.com for all your CBD edible goodness. And if you use the coupon code ROGUE25, you can get 25. 25% off your order. And that's a big deal, folks, especially for the best, highest quality, highest potency, highest purity CBD isolates. That is 99.99%, which is the survival rate. It just so happens to be the survival rate of the Koofs each. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Absolutely. So go over there, mycbdedibles.com. Tell them the ape sent you. And with that being said, El Cuco. What's going on, brother? Hey, uh, happy, happy, was it Thursday? Yeah, it's Thursday. You know, it's, it doesn't feel like a Thursday, man. It's weird. It doesn't like feel like a Thursday. Yesterday, it felt like Friday. It was weird to me, right? And then today, just like, I don't know what day it is, man. It's Thursday. It feels like Thursday. I don't know. It, makes, it feels like a Tuesday siege. It does. It, like it does. And then, and then it's hard to believe be that tomorrow's October already, right? Like, it's Holy just, crud, man. The year's almost over, bro. I think it's, yeah, just flying by. Yeah, I mean, yeah we tomorrow's are, October 1st. We're we're coming down the pike, man. I mean, year's gonna be over, and we're gonna blink. It's gonna be 2022, and more crap, more crap from the uh, exceptional stand in the District of Criminals, all the other stuff. Anyway, what's up to everybody in the chat? Douglas Walker, Velas, my man, Velas is in there. John Carmichael, Karma, Robert Parker, Hobo Sermons, what's up, buddy? Crypto Cowboy, my main man, and Matthew Dragon. Everybody's in there. Raven Six, everybody, and uh, who else is in there? Kevin Shepard. And uh, we got them all. Johnny Midas. Good morning, Rob B. Rawhide. Good humor, man. All right, got the entire crew that's in there. See, there's lots of things going on. Where do you want to begin, brother? Where do you well, to begin? be just uh, just a personal note, real quick. So, in the Discord channel, probably we'll launch it uh, sometime today. But I'm going to put a new uh, channel in there. Yeah. Uh, just just a, and I'm going to title it just um, uh, Sober October. I'm, I'm sure many of you are probably very familiar, familiar with the uh, the Sober October 
Uh, basically what it entails is, and, and I'm not sure who originally started it, but uh, Joe Rogan typically does this, you know, every, every year. And uh, just me as a personal challenge, I realized be through the lockdown, I probably started consuming maybe just a little bit more liquor than I should have. Right. Like, I mean, yep. you're home all the time and you know, the, you know, what's there to do and everything else like that. But even though we're, we're not locked down anymore, some of those habits have still stuck around and I'm like, Hey, you know what? Want to change things up a little bit for me personally. Uh, so I'm encouraging everyone if, if you know, if, that are in the discord channel, basically it doesn't have to be liquor. Maybe it's something that, you know, another addiction, maybe it's social media, maybe it's, um, you know, gambling, whatever it is that, you know, take the month off of October, cleanse yourself. And then you want to accompany that with some type of form of exercise daily, whether it's a going to the gym, brisk walk, uh, tennis, whatever, whatever it is. Uh, so, so that's, that's my goal. Just more of a personal challenge be to go through the months and just, you know, kind of cleanse myself and see how I feel about it. I, the, the, the original concept for today, V, I was like, you know, what's the last day? I'm going to, I'm going to drink today, maybe, maybe go out tonight, whatever, anything else. Like, I'm like, that's a terrible thing to do. Yeah, to don't do it to start off. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. I think that there's a, I don't know what it is, man. Across many cultures throughout the world, there's an affinity to drinking hard liquor. There's no health benefits to it whatsoever. None. Zero. Zilch. It is a hepatotoxin. Sugar and alcohol are hepatotoxin. They're liver toxins, man. And it's just like, Dude, a day worth of drinking is a week's worth of working out down the toilet. It really is. It's 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 not good. You want to drink some wine in moderation? Yeah, that's fine. There's health benefits there, but get you know organic wine, ones that are like low in sulfites or have no sulfites in there. Those are fine. Uh, there's beer. Beer is a great thing to have. There's actually ha health benefits to drinking beer. Uh, beer is a COX two inhibitor. For those that don't know, COX two COX two is an enzyme. Uh, that causes inflammation, and you find that, especially in cancer patients, a proliferation of COX-2 enzyme and cancer being an inflammatory disease. And in fact, most diseases are all inflammatory, including heart disease. So things like beer and wine in moderation are, are good choices. But hard liquor, man, I just I, I just don't see no point in it personally. You know, especially like, look, it, it, it's cool when you're in your 20s, when you're made out of rubber magic, but when you're like, you know, in your 40s and 50s and 60s, like, what is the point? It's it's pointless. Now, now it's now it's trying to fight that good night. You know, now yeah, it's like you know yeah. you don't. You, it's it's not about you know. It's about fighting that dying light at this point. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and and it'll be challenging even day one because tomorrow night, like I'm invited to a, a cornhole and volleyball uh, tournament tomorrow night. Uh, you know, good friends home. You know, fire pit and all that kind of stuff. So the temptation will be strong on day one. And and I'm gonna call out a couple people in the chat room real quick. Yes, Raven, that does not mean that you can have beer for breakfast. No more beer for breakfast. And Adix, uh, that does not count as far as uh, taking a walk to the pub. That, that, that does not count, okay? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know. Well, uh, Dixie, you can go and have a, a Guinness. Just, you know, that's totally fine. Have a Guinness, sit there, sip it, enjoy it, you know. But uh, on your walk, on your walk to the pub, Dixie. <laughs> Oh man. Anyway, um, where do you want to start, brother? Well, let's start with this uh entire deal. Like avert the <laughs> shutdown. <laughs> I love Ooh. how they always they 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 pitch this like it's some sort of a disaster, right? They're always pitching it like, oh my god, it's a it's a disaster. impending doom is going to happen. Impending doom. And it's it's nothing at the end of the day. 
Jeez, let me ask you a question. Has the government ever shut down to a point where it actually did some meaningful good as if when they reopened, some of the bloated bureaucracy went by the wayside, you know, and it actually shrunk in size? Negative. No. Negative. See, is it is it just me or correct me if I'm wrong? Has the government, with every single shutdown and, and when it reopens, does it reopen back smaller or bigger than ever before? Well, usually they have to hire more people, like if they do shut down or expand departments to catch up from the uh, the lack of uh, any type of work that they do do. V. So, no, they ne- they never they never scale back. Never. No, never. Their 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 job is to keep expanding. You know, politicians, their cabinet, and all the how many people currently work for the federal? You know, that's a good question. Let me ask Google. You know, the all knowing Google. How many people work for the federal government? Ooh. Jesus, oh my goodness, man. All right, so the total, okay, total is uh, one, um, basically 2 million people. 2.1 million federal employees, 4.1 million contract employees, 1.2 million grant employees, 1.3 million active duty employees. Hold on, let me get this list going here. Um, yeah. Active duty military personnel and five hundred thousand postal workers. Dude, that's a lot, man. It's massive. I mean, I, I would hate to state what they they are in terms of that's the, over seven uh, million the largest people. employer. Yeah, it's like eight, eight million people. Mm. The largest employer on planet Earth. I mean, we make fun of uh, you know communist regimes. Let's pick up a communist regime here, Siege. Um, let me see here. How many people work for the North Korean government? Okay, so in the North Korean government, which is a total totalitarian regime, where the government is the only player in town, right? Everything state, everything is state-owned, right? There's no private companies. There's no nothing. Everything is state-owned. All the business, everything, $7.7 million. And we're like pushing close to eight. <laughs> wow. And with the with this whole entire, you know, we're we're gonna uh uh you know postpone what what the, what the hell did they do? See, break down this article for us and I'll jump in as well, man. Yeah, so there was a lot of thought process into this week, obviously through three big bills that are being considered and the the entire fiasco in regards to the 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 deadlock on as far as you know raising the debt length, debt ceiling. And so they went back and forth. Apparently, Schumer is still not happy about this entire deal. Uh, but basically, what it states via this is that now the Senator Joe Manchin has denounced his own party's multi-trillion plan to expand the Social Security social safety net as the definition of fiscal insanity. We can be virtually assured that the entire Democratic domestic agenda has essentially been left dead in the water since the progressive left won't agree to back the Dems bipartisan uh, infrastructure plan via reconciliation without first passing the larger spending package through both chambers. Uh, whatever the outcome, Manchin's statement suggests it will be likely take weeks and months, not days, for President Biden and his leadership to negotiate the votes, if indeed they can ever resolve the irretractable divide within their own party, which has largely taken the form of aggressive leftists in the House, exemplified obviously by AOC, the, the quote-unquote squad, and a pair of moderates, Manchin, Arizona's Christine Cinema, Cinema yes, in the Senate. Yeah, so it, 
again, it's just it's just show as they go through this. And obviously they're probably they're probably not happy with how much either either funds are going back into their congressional district. Um, it's it's all insanity, though. I mean, if you think about raising the debt ceiling, you think about the three point five you know, trillion dollars that they're trying to spend that it doesn't cost anything. You know, that it's not going to cost anything. We're spending this, but we're going to increase spending 3.5 trillion, but it doesn't cost anything to do so. I mean, it, just the level of stupidity just just continues to amaze me. I look at how things are managed run in this country, and it's um, a marvel. It's a marvel of inefficiency. It is a marvel of bureaucracy. It is a marvel of stupidity. And when you wrap that all together with a schizophrenic foreign policy that is murderous in design, then you, my friend, have what is known as exceptional stand. Mm. This is what it is living in a mediocrity. This is not a meritocracy. It's a mediocrity. It's a mediocracy. Everywhere we look, we're surrounded by some of the most mediocre people on God's green earth. Folks, I've said this over and over again. They should pass a law that if you are a lawyer and you are a member of the British accredited regency, the bar, you're a member of the bar and you're a lawyer by a profession, an esquire, whatever the hell you want to call yourself. You should not be allowed to run for office in politics within the United States. We should only, if you want to run for politics, you should only be a scientist or an engineer or an entrepreneur or a business person. That's it. Those are the only qualifications, and then you should also have term limits on top of that. Then when you enter politics, there has to be a committee in place that comes up from polling and data that has been done on on people, uh, state by state, uh, country you know the country as a whole. What are the biggest challenges facing the country? And your goal as a new neophyte member of Congress or the Senate is to hit three, at least three targeted goals, and to see at least a fifty percent achievement in those targeted goals in the first two years of your office term. If you fail to hit those two years, you will not be reelected. It's just that simple. Secondly, what we should do is bar every single lobbying group, make it illegal for super PACs, make it illegal for lobbyists, make it illegal for special interests, and, devout, and, and absolutely drain Washington, D.C. of special interests. Then, my friend, that is how you create a meritocracy. And that's how you go ahead and start disbanding some of the bloated garbage that's in the government. You can't have these idiot freaking over the hill, oh, for lack of a better word, senior citizens like Chuck E. Cheese Schumer, Nancy Pelosi, Joe Biden, right? Is Diane mm-hmm. Feinstein still around? I mean, my God, it, it, these people need to go away. Mm. If you're 65, you should not be in government, period. Minimum age, I don't know, make it 30, right? Maximum age, you can't be there when you're 60. 64 is a cutoff, man. 
That's it. 64 is cut off. Because you do not see a single Fortune 100, Fortune 200, Fortune 300, 400, or 500 company that has an 80-year-old CEO at the helm. Hmm. You don't see that. It's one thing to have the guy as a member of the board, but you don't see an 80-year-old CEO piloting a multi-billion dollar Fortune 500 company and leading it globally in the stiffest global competition in the history of the world. You don't see that. Now, if the business economic climate, internationally speaking, globally speaking, is that rough, it's that tough, it's that cutthroat, it's that vicious, and it's that fast, how much more do we as a nation need to do the same? You know, I like it when people say, well, man, they want to make us into China light. You've heard that before, right? <laughs> hmm. oh, look at these Democrats. People have no idea. You have no idea what you're talking about. You have no idea what, what, what China is, what kind of system it is. Most Americans have no freaking clue. Most people in the West have no clue. And I hear it all the time. Well, they're going to try and make us China light. If they made us China light, you would be shocked by how many things would actually get fixed by the end of the week. You would be shocked by how many things get fixed by the end of the week. There are things that we can learn from many, many countries. Certain countries, they do healthcare way better than we do. Certain countries are able to handle fiscal crisis, monetary crisis, infrastructure problems better than we can. What we have is a mess that benefits no one except the top, tippy-top, 0.1%. And so they put on this theater. Oh, shut down. Shut. Folks, th at this point, this is the theater of the profane. Hmm. There is no difference to what you're seeing in Washington, D.C. than what you would see in a, in, in a television melodrama. There's no difference what you see with government in Washington, D.C. than what you see in a WWE wrestling match. <laughs> it is choreographed. Some people play heroes. Others play heels. There's ring announcers. There's, there's uh, 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 you know, uh, managers. There's all sorts of uh, characters at play. And at the end of the day, after all the heels have been put through tables and the heroes are body slamming the bad guys and dropping elbows from the top of the turnbuckle, they all go out together and have a drink at a local restaurant and eat food and have steak and talk about how wonderful of a, of a match they put on for the crowd. It's no different. How is it that somebody is brain dead as that affirmative action hire Maxine Waters walks around today? Somebody who is on record inciting violence multiple times. How is that person walking the halls of Congress? How is Chuck E. Cheese Schumer, who spent his life as an ambulance-chasing lawyer, a lawyer from New York, from New York, my home state, how is he walking through the, hall, the corridors of the Senate? How is Nancy Pelosi, a dingbat, corrupt criminal from San Francisco, who has zero experience in the business world, zero experience in investing, has a spent, and yet her stock portfolio and her investment portfolio 
values her anywhere between 150 to 200 million dollars and she makes about 180k a year as a congresswoman folks the system benefits does not benefit you so stop defending it and the system has programmed things into you so that you can have a knee jerk reaction an axiomatic reaction when CJ and I say up here, and, and, and here, we're as capitalist, we're as capitalist as they come. And when CJ and I say, "Hey, you know what? Uh, we need to fix our healthcare system. We need to, I mean, damn it, man, we need to have a safety net. Healthcare should be a damn right." Now, when I was young and dumb, back in the days, I used to think like, oh, "Stupid, we have a capitalist, more free market competition." Let me explain something to you. Rugged individualism taken to its extreme does not build communities. Rugged individualism taken to its extreme does not build communities, does not build states, does not build nations, does not build culture. You all can't be a rugged individual. No man is an island. At some point, you have a civic duty. to work to improve the lives of your fellow citizen. To make sure you left this place a better than when you found it. And if we could spend 12 trillion, Siege, I don't know about you, Siege, but if we could spend 12 trillion in Iraq and Afghanistan, I'm sure mm. we could find a, a viable way where a seven-year-old little girl battling brain cancer can afford her surgery in Alabama and she doesn't have to go out there and sell lemonade to do so. Yes, amen. And I'm not talking about Obamacare, which is a scam. You need to get rid of all of these bastards. You need to get rid of the damn insurance companies. Get rid of them all. And we, the point is, we're so polarized, where the and, and so binary in our thinking. They they programmed us this way. I want you to think about this, folks, for a second. They've programmed us this way. You're either left or you're right. You can't be in the middle. You're either Republican or Democrat. You can't be in the middle. You're either for free market health care or or universal health care. You can't be somewhere in the middle. They have us thinking binary, and, th and they're so smart in programming us to think in such a way that we can never come to real solutions. Guys that will hand, you know, talk about, well, you know, look at uh, what the free market has done to cosmetic uh, surgeries and elective surgeries, like, uh, you know, like, like uh, LASIK eye, uh, you know, LASIK eye treatments and you know, the cost of that went from $3,000 an eye to like 600 bucks an eye, 700 bucks an eye. And look what happened to cosmetic dentistry. The cost of those things went down considerably, blah, blah, blah. And there's wonderful examples. But that's fine. I'm not talking about cosmetic procedures. And then using cosmetic, you know, procedures, which is really a, an aesthetic thing that people want to do on their own time and on their own dime. That's fine. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, yo, man, I just, I, I just, broke my arm, severed my arm at work. I'm running to the ER and I have a choice. I can either put it back for 10 grand. I'm sorry. I can put it back on for 20 grand or 
just have them amputate and cauterize it for five grand. Why is that even a choice? These are the questions that we need to answer. These are the questions some of the brightest, most talented individuals amongst us need to get together with some of the most technologically advanced people out there and, and, and come to a solution on what's the best way to tackle it. But we can never get that done so long as we're Democrat. I'm sorry, Democrat and Republicrat. Mm. Two wings on the same dragon. You can't do that as long as you have, oh, I'm for pure free market capitalist. I'm an anarcho capitalist and I'm a socialist. I'm a this, I'm a that. The hell with all those things. Now, whether you love them or hate them, whether you agree with them or not, you had FDR. Now, FDR came out with what is known as the American system. There's a lot of great things in the New Deal. You got people on the right. The New Deal was terrible. It prolonged the, the depression, blah, 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 blah. Only if we would have let the bankers run. The bankers were the problem that caused the problem in the first place. So let them cut loose. Can you imagine? Thank God we had the Pecora Commission back then. Because we, we jailed those SOBs. We jailed them. And you're saying that we should deregulate these a-holes? These guys that, that created the problem? Just cut them loose? Hell no. But they got you thinking like that. So when you're binary, myopic thinking, you can look at something and throw the baby out with the bathwater. FDR, terrible, terrible. FDR was terrible. He was a globalist. He was terrible. Yeah, he was a, he was a mixed bag. He was a mixed bag, as Matthew Arrett would say. A mixed bag. There were some stupid things about him and terrible things about him, but there was also some good things about him. And it's that, and it's that way with many, many leaders, many, many countries, many, many systems globally. But the point is none of us anywhere are having any sort of a conversation about those things, of what works, what doesn't. And the only conversation is this. Oh, debt ceiling. Let's put on the act. Here comes Lindsey Graham. Tickle my butt Graham 2.0. Here he comes. He's going to say his thing. And uh, it's not prudent. And John, man, this is the craziest infrastructure bill I've ever seen. You should have said that before we were 20-some-odd trillion in debt. <laughs> you should have said that when we were maybe $100 billion in debt. Now, here we are. Twenty-six trillion dollars in debt, and if you and if you if you count the entitlement programs here in the United States, we're over we're over a hundred trillion in debt. Way over a hundred trillion dollars in debt. Talking about, oh my God, this infrastructure spending bill. Oh my God, it's just a, a country that makes nothing, produces nothing. You know, Siege, I was watching um, developments of maglev train technology. Okay, maglev train technology, uh, it, you know, in places like Korea, Japan, especially in China. Right, the evil communist Chinese are so evil. They're organ harvesters, yes. And there's concentration camps where they're killing Uyghurs. 
I don't know about who the Uyghurs are, but they're picking cotton out there. The Uyghurs, they got the Uyghurs. The Uyghurs are picking cotton out there, CJ. <laughs> well, they developed Magnev, Maglev rail technology where trains will be able to hit 400 miles an hour, man. 400 miles an hour. And I'm watching a Maglev train car floating above the rail line, you like an inch or two above the rail line. That's fully magnetized. And a little girl, she's probably maybe 10 or 12 years old, with one hand pushing it, and the thing is sliding forward because there's absolutely zero friction. That's technology. That's next level. But don't worry, Siege. They're going to raise the debt ceiling, and they're going to get it done before Janet Yellen's deadline of October 18th. Yeah. And business will go on as usual because their job... In Congress, as Frank Underwood said in the House of Cards, season one, episode one, one of the greatest series ever made was House of Cards. I loved it. That's what got me into Netflix was House of Cards. Because it shows you the absolute banal, corrupt, oh, just disgusting aspect of Washington, D.C. and everybody who, who works there. Their job is not to make your life better. Their job is not to improve the your country. They haven't improved shit, Siege. Mm. You don't yeah, go to New York. D- drive around the George Washington Bridge. Go go sit in traffic at the Cross Bronx. And I'm, it's funny listening to people from the Midwest. Oh, my God, there's just so much traffic here. Wow. I'm like, you don't know traffic. You don't know traffic. Go sit in the Cross Bronx. There's traffic Monday through Monday, 8 to 8. Monday through Monday, 8 to 8. There's traffic all the time. And there's construction all the time. Why? They're building. Why? Because you got 70 guys to show up to fill a pothole. 69 of them are just sitting around drinking coffee, watching one guy work, and he's the rookie because they, you know, he's got to work, so they make him fill the pothole. And then in 20 years, the, the, the pothole is finally filled. And this is why I said, folks, if the nation, if the oceans of the world were to dry up tomorrow, we'll still be building submarines because that's just what we do. So the job of Congress is to keep the sludge moving, as Frank Underwood said. My job is to keep the sludge moving. That's it. To keep the pipes moving, to keep the, the sludge and the pipes going. To make sure that I get paid my colleagues get paid it's disgusting siege it is v i mean you speak way too much truth i mean when you think of you know government the federal government itself as a, as a whole look at the difference that you know technology has forced industries uh, companies to change their game plan to really modify their operations how they do things but when you look at government, V, and, and most of that change has involved either streamlining processes, certain things that take place in, in the corporate world, right? Like if you're if you're not if you're not changing things up, you're gonna fall behind. But government is like, especially at the federal level, it's been one of those entities that's really failed to change anything. It's it's still the status quo. And there are several things that easily can be done. You know, I I think I'm a huge advocate for a part-time legislature. I'm, I mean, I think that I think they only work like 115 days a year anyway, right? So yeah. And, and I think that's where where they get lost in the shuffle is, is that they they get their votes in their home state. But then when something happens, once they get to Washington, D.C., 
something happens be because they become you know so corrupt they they nearly forget about their constituents back home about the people that brought them there they usually either will sell their home in their home state or or buy another home there and they spend very little time with any type of accountability well we don't we don't need to do that how much how much money could we save in and you know having a part-time legislature where they still work a normal job a, a full-time job doing whatever do and maybe maybe that would discourage some of the the greed the corruption that takes place i mean that's just you know one idea something you know something real simple but for the most part i think where we really fail to establish and and i bought into this for several years i i still do a little bit is where we get stuck in that left right paradigm right we we treat our politics like we do our sports team i want my sports team to win this and that and i totally get that but at the bottom of the line you said it exactly v is that when you, it's just more of the same and I can't speak of a more perfect, perfect example of that, V. Let's take a look at this recent bill that was just <laughs> passed in regard to $1 billion for the Israeli air defense system, the quote-unquote Iron Dome. Iron Dome. V, this $1 billion bill that was passed needed a two-thirds majority, to, okay, of which 210 Democrats voted yes, and 210 Republicans voted yes. I mean, V, this is just a perfect example of that fake left-right paradigm that exists. And, and we it's it's difficult to do, but just getting outside of partisan politics, this is a perfect example where they align behind closed doors in their meetings, they're they're drinking together, they're celebrating together, but on the news, on the media, they're they're you know calling each other out in these committee meetings, they're calling each other out. But when it comes down to it, when it comes down to the American taxpayers' dollars, they align around happily spending all of our, our money. And and I want to take a moment to also, you know, call out AOC on this because, you know, she wore that, you know, tax the rich dress, that whole crazy yeah, thing that uh, she went through. She she designed cried by a person who owes taxes in multiple states. <laughs> she she cried alligator tears after this bill was passed. Okay, but B AOC for those who who support her, everything else like that. She voted present on this bill. She she wouldn't declare yay or nay. She voted present, which I don't think that even should be be allowed. It's basically like a scapegoat of, hey, look, I, I want to keep the lobby money coming in. Uh, so so this is another perfect example of that that fake left right paradigm that, you know, that we're still stuck into. And and so when we look at candidates, when we look at presidential candidates and we're going to vote this person to send D.C. and they're going to do all this, they, it, it's literally impossible for any one person to accomplish that because it's the system itself. It's the entity itself that is so broken and, and corrupt. You can't, you can't change it. So again, I, that's why in part I sound so when I talk about, you know, like the presidential elections and, and all these things, it's, it's the system. Once they get plugged into the system, they see how much wealth can be extracted, how much they can benefit their families. And then they go to DC, they spend years upon years doing the same thing. And that's why probably in D.C. in itself, there's probably more millionaires per capita, especially in D.C., yep. than all of America V. 100%. All the wealth, all the expansion. When we had uh, uh, Dan, uh, Danny Surgeon on, uh, Jan, Danny Jerskin, when he was on, you know, breaking out. It's a great interview. He said the only enriched zip code in the United States in the last 20 years has been Washington, D.C. The amount of building, the amount of wealth being concentrated there, it's, it's all in the D.C. area. And then anybody, it is a, you got to understand, folks, Washington, D.C. is a net parasitic drag on this country. Now, when you're building an ocean liner or you're building a submarine 
or you're building an aircraft, there's the, whatever attachment that you put onto it, whatever accoutrement you want to add to the design of this aircraft, you have to understand that there's a potentiality there for a net parasitic drag on the airframe or on the hull. Well, Washington, D.C., by its mere existence, is a net parasitic drag on the entire country. It is a wealth extraction scheme, folks. Right? Look, look, look at New York. It is dying a death of a thousand cuts. One of the greatest cities in history, okay, in history, is gone. But yet, on Park Avenue, and on Madison Avenue, and on Central Park West, you know, and on uh, the the wealthy Wall Street financiers are getting richer and richer. They're literally living in ivory towers in their micro skyscrapers, right? There's that that are being erected all over the the city, all over Park Avenue. And they're not they're not touched by the infirmities and the and the struggles of the plebeians that live you know beneath them. It's incredible to me. Yeah, look at look at this chart, and when I thank Charles Hugh Smith for this great article up on uh, Zero Hedge, but look at this. Look at the wealth of the top four hundred wealthiest Americans as a percentage, a fraction of uh, total U.S. GDP. V. Look! Look at that expansion that has occurred over the last several years, and it continues to skyrocket. Yep. Look at the the mid May of last year benchmarked against this year. It's a, it's a huge wealth extraction. Everything that's taken place, it's just such 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 a scam. Um, very little, if anything, ever gets down to Main Street. Um, it's just it's just so unfortunate what happens at the at the federal level. No, it really is. We are literally, and think about it, we're damn near 20%. First of all, the GDP numbers, if you guys, GDP is a BS made up garbage that the, the, that the U.S. runs by. Well, according to our GDP, we're the wealthiest country in the world. That's designed to, that's designed to fool you people. <laughs> okay? You need to go with what's called, what most economists run with, it's called uh, uh, PPI or PPP, right? Which is Purchasing power parity. And purchasing power parity is not 100%, but it's a lot more closer to reality. And when you look at purchasing power parity, you understand the Chinese are a way damn bigger economy than we are. They're a $26, $27 trillion economy. You Then you'll understand that Germany is actually a bigger economy or equal equivalent to, I'm sorry, not, the Russians are equivalent to Germany, if not bigger. And it's hard for us to even gauge exactly where the U.S. is in terms of PPP, purchasing power parity, because 50% of our GDP numbers are manufactured, construed, imaginary, reshuffled debt and bullshit. Folks, a country like this does not deserve to survive. Like, how did we get like this? How did we let it run for this bad for this long? Like, how did we do that? The amount of waste, trillions and trillions of dollars 
churned and wasted daily. Pentagon, we don't know where $2.3 trillion went. Oh, hell yes, you do. This is not a rounding error in an accounting book. $2.3 trillion. They don't know where it is. The Fed, do you know where 2.7? We have no idea where 2.7 went. Where did it go? Well, somewhere, some European bank somewhere. When Bernanke was being grilled. Absolutely ridiculous. A country like this does not deserve to survive. It has to be done away with. It has to be purged out. And and a new system has to take place of the old system that buried it, that destroyed everything. Never in your life will you work so hard and get so little as you do today, folks. And that is exponentially becoming far more worse for you as the months fall off the calendar. Stagflation is here, baby. I've been calling it since 2012. Stagflation is here. It's coming. And now you're starting to taste it a little bit. The Living Dead Packs Americana from the uh, great Pepe Escobar. Great article about Pepe. And this is posted both on, both on strategic culture as well as uh, the Saker. We've got to get Andre back on Saker one of these days, Siege. Yeah, I need to follow up with him. Hopefully his health is improving. Yeah, I know he's been under the weather uh, as of late. Pax Americana was always a minor character in a zombie apocalypse flick. Pax Americana is actually the eternal return of the living dead. Pax was never in order. War incorporated rules. The end of World War II led directly to the Cold War. The unipolar movement was an arc from the first Gulf War to the bombing of Yugoslavia. 9-11 launched the global war on terror, renamed overseas contingency operations by Team Obama, and we are now entering Cold War 2.0 against China. What former CIA analyst Ray McGovern memorably describes as the M-I-C-I-M-A-T-T, the MISIMAT, the Military Industrial Congressional Intelligence Media Academic Think Tank Complex. Let's try to say that real fast. Say that fast, exactly. Never did packs. They do war in unison. Like the knights who say nigh, minus the comic flair. Take this knight for the Council on Foreign Relations, the heart of the establishment matrix. CFR specializes in Kissingerian divide and rule. Now that applies in spades to the Russia-Chinese-China strategic partnership. Knights overwhelmingly state the obvious, Chinese power must be contained. This is what these decrepit, bloated, fat pustules who are near death, these fuckers who are 70 and 80 years old in these think tanks. After they're done fondling little boys, they mutually masturbate each other's egos and minds by talking about Chinese power must be contained. We must stop Russian expansion. Uh, the multipolar world, these servile brownies and unwashed masses from the third world are outperforming our hegemony, our hold on the planet. It must, it must last for a millennia. 
They sell the current serial imperial debacle as the grand strategic moves. I wonder if the pullout from Afghanistan with people hanging off a C-17 Globemaster was part of those grand strategic moves, CJ. Mm. Mm. I wonder when Russia punked the entire NATO in, 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 in Ukraine and said, make a move, mofos. Make a move. When Russia said, F around and find out and mobilized tens of thousands of forces directly on the border in Ukraine at a speed at which the made at, at a speed that made the American military's head spin. Was that the grand strategic move? Was it the grand strategic move when they got outplayed and Nord Stream 2 got installed? Was that the grand strategic move? Was it the grand strategic move when the rail from Shanghai was completed and the first train from Shanghai all the way ended up in Frankfurt, Germany, completing once again, a big partial of the One Belt, One Road initiative. Was that the grand strategic move? Was it the grand strategic move when the U.S. went shopping for a command base in Africa for AFRICOM? Every single African country said, fuck off, and said, get the hell out of here. That the, the only thing the U.S. could do is set up an AFRICOM base, and guess where, CJ? Germany. <laughs> You're going to have a base for operations in Africa, but you ain't based in Africa, you in Germany. Was that the grand strategic move? Was that the grand strategic move where you're going to promise Australia you're going to give them some nuclear submarines that you can never, ever fulfill, that you can never, ever build because you make nothing? Your biggest exports are trash, recyclables, and pornography. Is that the grand strategic move? You're living in a nation that produces nothing, makes nothing, has some of the lowest IQ morons living on God's green earth in the developed world with no industrial production. Kids who can who are ex exceptionally smart at pop culture, but when it comes to mathematics and calculus and science and physics, they're at the bottom of the rung. Is that the grand strategic move? Is it the grand strategic move when you have a culture that names 3,000 genders but cannot even name the periodic table? Is that the grand strategic move? Is the grand strategic move when you make an F-35 that costs trillions of dollars, it can't fly, it can't fight, it can't even do anything? Is that the grand strategic move? Or how about an aircraft carrier, 13.3 trillion, a billion spent, can't land planes, can't launch planes, can't do nothing? Is that the grand strategic move? I'm tired of these fat bastards. I'm tired of these pus-filled morons. I'm tired of these old geezers. Get rid of them all. They need me to put them in a nursing home. Most of them need to be lethally injected. Grand strategic move. Sick of it. Other knights produced ludicrous notion that the current POTUS, an actual zombie remote controlled by a teleprompter, a bloody... I, see, I just want Joe Biden to do this for me, please. I want him, when he's trying, when he's struggling to read the bloody teleprompter, just turn the teleprompter around. We'll read it ourselves, Siege. <laughs> that would be just bad. turn it around, man. Yep. Just you know, we'll read well. the teleprompter ourselves. <laughs> God dang, what kind of world are we living in? An actual zombie remote controlled by a teleprompter is capable of conceiving a foreign policy for the middle class. <laughs> Infrastructure. 
as if the Missy Mat would ever approve a scheme to advance prosperity in the free world as a whole. The free world has just been stunned by the prosperity offered to Afghanistan during 20 bombing to democracy years. And then there are the British Knights, who at least should have known their Monty Python heart by heart, carping about illiberalism and the regimes created by Xi and Putin, which will crumble and be succeeded by anarchy and new despotisms, same old Anglo-haughtiness mixed with piercing ignorance, oh, those Asiatic tyrannies threatening the white man's civilizational drive. We all live in an Aussie submarine. Now it's all about AUKUS. And, and CJ, I, I, I'm thoroughly convinced that one day the UK is going to be so smart, they're going to pull out of AUKUS and the New Zealand is going to be in, and AUKUS will be renamed ANUS. <laughs> nice. Australia, New Zealand, United States, ANUS. Yeah. That's going to be the new strategic the new strategic alliance in the in the South Pacific, folks, is going to be anus. And, or they should, uh, <laughs> as Pepe Escobar said, actually, it should be you suck a. <laughs> you suck. You suck. <laughs> Until recently, the P5, the five permanent United States, uh, United Nations Security Council members possessed nuclear powered submarines. India joined the club and later, rather than sooner, Australia. Every major player knows that the next American war will not be about remote Pacific Islands, Taiwan, though it's a completely different ballgame. You suck A is mostly about Taiwan. And you know what's funny? America's out there. I want you to think about this. Which country is Taiwan's biggest trading partner, Siege? I imagine that would probably be China V. 100%, brother. I mean, God, it's like 36-some-odd percent. It is the monster trading partner. And this is a historical fact, folks. Smaller nations tend to prosper when they trade with the regional power. So in other words, it benefits Ukraine to have good relationships with Russia. It benefits Taiwan to have great relationships with, with China. It benefits Taiwan to be reabsorbed into China, which it is part of China. Now, V, you, you're making that a communist. No, know your history, bro. Know your history. The island of Formosa belongs to China. So it behooves Sri Lanka to have a great relationship with India, so on and so forth. Okay? It's the way it works. And when an outside interference force tries to rend apart, break apart that regional relationship, that regional dynamic, what occurs is chaos, warfare, and or destruction. Usually never good. So if, if Taiwan's biggest trading partner is China, if Taiwan's biggest import partner is China, export partner is China, everything Taiwan needs in order for Taiwan to exist comes from China. Why would they want to have war with China? Does that benefit the people of China? I'm sorry, the, does that benefit the people of Taiwan? Does it? We know for a fact that the, the current government in Taiwan are a bunch of U.S. patsies. We had the flower revolution in Taiwan. And you had democratic forces 
Oh, you say that a lot of these old fart fat fuck geezers like Kissinger get a hard on. The Democrats for George Soros, the man with two scrotums under his eyes. He has a scrotum hanging off of each eye. That guy. Ball sack face. Georgi Schwartz, a.k.a. George Soros, right? The man with the evil paladrum for the last Georgi. Georgi. He gets excited. Democracy. They love that word. Because they, they think you love that word. They think they think you haven't gotten smart enough to know that democracy is a euphemism for globalism. Democracy is a euphemism for communism. Democracy is a euphemism for asymmetric warfare. So utilizing the euphemism for asymmetric warfare, which is called democracy, what do we do? We went into Taiwan, we overthrew the government, we instilled a U.S. patsy government, all of whom have connections to the CIA. And now this patsy government is saying, <laughs> what's up, China? You want some beef? The U.S., come and help us. We want war. So does this patsy government, are they helping the people of Taiwan? Because the people of Taiwan do extremely well, economically speaking, when they're on good terms with China. So if you're going to attack your largest trading partner, does that benefit the people or does that benefit the leadership? It benefits yeah. leadership because the leadership thinks that Uncle Sam, because the leadership is driven by the same low IQ, malcontent, worm individuals that you find in Washington, D.C. and in the city of London. It's, it's driven by the most servile, banal individuals from the, from, from the beltway. And they convinced these, these poor bastards in Taiwan that, you know, go to war, provoke war. We're going to come and help you. They, I, CJ, I don't know if they were watching what happened in Afghanistan. <laughs> they obviously weren't, B. They obviously obviously they weren't. weren't. So you know what China did last week? China started pulling their bluff. China says, oh, you're loyal to Taiwan, are you, United States? You're very loyal to Taiwan. I see that. Okay. China flew... 28 fighter bombers all loaded up with hypersonics and cruise missiles. And they penetrated Taiwanese air bay, airspace where the Taiwanese who were bloating, they were, they were all you know, bowing up. They were all starting to buck up and bow up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We want the beef. We want the smoke. Sounds like, you want the smoke? Okay. Here's 30 planes into your airspace right now. Boom. 30 aircraft popped up on Taiwanese radar screens. And the Taiwanese, because all they say was, oh, please turn back. You think the Taiwanese would have scrambled fighter jets, right? Not a single Taiwanese F-16 ever took off. Not a single Taiwanese F-5 Tiger Shark ever took off. Not one of their newest indigenously developed fighter jets ever took off. Not a single radar lock from a single missile battery from China, uh, from Taiwan, ever locked onto a Chinese airplane. You know why? Because they understand that the dragon's not playing around. And what was the U.S.? There were all sorts of naval, American naval ships in that region. Because they're, you know, the freedom of provocation. I'm sorry, the freedom of navigation. See, I didn't mean to say provocation. Freedom of navigation! 
U.S. is up and down, up and down the South China Seas, baby. It's like on the I-5 in, in California. It's just, it's just crowded with U.S. warships. Not a single missile lock from an Aegis destroyer. Not a single missile lock from an Aegis-class cruiser, a Ticonderoga-class cruiser. Not a single one. China's like, you're so loyal to Taiwan. Let's find out how loyal you are. The U.S. was dumb silent. Taiwan was like, Chinese aircraft, you are in Taiwanese airspace. Chinese aircraft, you are in Taiwanese airspace. Turn back, please. Oh, shit. Uh, General, the Chinese, uh, they're not uh, turning back. What do we do? Uh, I do not know. I'll keep uh, giving them a warning. I will call America. Okay, Chinese aircraft, please turn back. You are in the Taiwanese airspace. Uh, General, they still not turn back. Uh, don't worry. I have a Washington, D.C. on the line. Boop, boop, boop. Hello, Joe Biden. Uh, 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 forget it. Joe Biden's not saying anything. <laughs> Socialized fire. Are you crazy? They will kill us. Don't fire. <laughs> so China just... just they just exposed us for what we are. And this is why a lot of people are misreading this Australian nuclear submarine deal. Not a bloody thing would come of that. America don't build first-class submarines anymore. (laughs) They don't build nothing. All right? So whatever $90 billion sub deal they have is just a money extraction scheme. Australia will get some dilapidated Virginia-class submarine that's capable of firing a 40-year-old missile that's probably not even working 80% of the time. That's America. That's exceptional. You know what exceptional stand is? We're the bullshit kid. You ever grew up? See, you know, like when you're in high school, you had that one kid who's just a fucking punk. Mm-hmm. He's just a yep. shit talker. He talks all this crap. And when he gets punched in the face, he just cries in the corner like a little baby. But he walks around like he's a tough guy, right? In school, until you stuff him in a locker, right? That's what America is. He's a neighborhood bullshitter. Talks about how tough he is and how wealthy he's got. My dad's got money. I live in I live in Park Avenue, man. No, oh, you live in Park Avenue? Really? Where? Park Avenue in uh, 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 in in Patterson, New Jersey, not Park Avenue, Manhattan. Oh, you mean the hood? Uh, yeah, something like that. What do you got there, Siege? It's it's this guy, V. It's this oh, guy. Oh, this, this is America. Here we go. This is America in the bar. Go ahead. Here you go. And you're gonna see what happens when Russia and China. You're, you're gonna see the multipolar world show up. Okay, here we go. Multipolar world. So get the fuck out of my way. What, what was that? What did he say? Boom, boom. Go okay. Home. Good night. Good night. That's America. And it would be the Rand Corporation says that if we go to war against China and Russia, this this is how fast it'll end. That's it. That's it. The, the guy went out. The, the guy wound up in the ER. <laughs> That's where we are. That's the reality of it. So you hear all these idiots out there. Yeah, when during the election, and I've heard the CJ. This was spread on all the Q tard interwebs. During the elections, America to show their might to the Chinese and the Russians to say, hey, you know what? <clears throat> During this election cycle, as the White Hats and Trump, you know, they secure power, you know, and they take down the deep state and arrest the Clintons and put them in Gitmo and along with Obama. 
1,000 military, the Air Force put 1,000 aircraft in the sky. We had 1,000 airplanes flying in the sky as a show of force. This is what people were saying in a lot of these Q interwebs. This fucking country we live in, with this shithole that we live in currently, we cannot even put up 50 airplanes at one time. That's a god on the truth. You don't believe me? Check the Air Force maintenance logs. Ask them. The Air Force will tell you 80% of our aircraft literally are either in some sort of service or disrepair. You, you want to know how bad it is? See, why was F-22 fighters, the best fighter we make, the F-22, and I love the F-22 Raptor. See, why were they damaged in Florida after the hurricane? Yeah, they, they all the components. I mean, it was, it was absurd, V, just yeah. insane. The F-22 was damaged in Florida with the recent hurricane, Ida, Ida, whatever the hell happened, right? The F-22 got damaged. You know why? And they only took, there was like, I don't even know, like 10 or 20 F-22s there. They were able to fly out five into another location. So what happened to the other 15 to 20 that were still sitting in the Air Force base? What happened to those? Those were under maintenance. They couldn't fly them out, so they just left them and had them be, had them be damaged and destroyed. Think about that. Wow. You don't know, people. You don't know. I look at this shit every day. This is what I do. This is what I do. I get paid to know. I get paid to know because when I'm working with clients and I got to move things all over the world and get things set up for them, I got to know these things. And this is one of the guys I worked with, in, you know, years ago. He, he was... He was working with the Navy. He's a contractor for the United States Navy. And he was telling me, yo, man, the stupid F-35 is a piece of crap. Every hour it spends in the air is 90 hours in maintenance. And the Navy had the F-35C, which is probably the best variant of the F-35. And you're telling me a country that can't even, that you can't even move, you can't even put 20 F-22s into the air. Because 80% of them are still in maintenance or going through some sort of retrofitting. They're always grounded. But you got Q-tards out there telling you there's oh, a thousand aircraft in the air. Okay, sure. And that didn't show up on, uh, on that radar app, right? The other problem with us, folks, we're a country that loves stories. We love fantasy stories where there's a hero and there's a mysterious group and, and you know, the last before the darkness falls, America always escapes. The fuck are you talking about? Are you and I reading from the same history book? We haven't won a damn war ever. We haven't won a damn war since, since what, 1812? The hell are you talking about? We won, no, we didn't win World War II. That was the Russians, buddy. Eight out of ten German soldiers died at the hands of Russians. Eight out of ten. That's like coming in. Picture a football game, right? Between two teams. One team is up 50 to nothing. And they allowed, it was three seconds left on the clock. They allowed the special teams guy to come in and kick a field goal. And with three seconds left on the clock, the guy comes out, kicks a field goal. But the guy who kicked the field goal is celebrating the most. Like he did the most. <laughs> That's America in World War II. But your revisionist bullshit history books and your dumbass history channel don't teach you that. We got problems, folks. 
And we need to be, we're at a time where we need to be having real adult conversations. We need to have serious examinations on how this country's done or run and how this country's governed. That's real talk. Think about it. I'm going to finish up with this. Why the USA, why the AUKUS now? Let's go back to World War II. The same old cartoonish geopolitical geopolitics of the B9 Anglo Maritime Island powers pitted against the evil Eurasian heartland. World War II was a solution to simultaneously prevent Germany from dominating the Atlantic and Japan and from dominating the Asia Pacific by way that's the correct terminology, the Indo Pacific is the Empire speak, Asia Pacific, right? Germany, Japan was all about alliance that would be predominant across the Eurasian heartland. Now the empire of chaos is slowly, is being slowly but surely expelled from the Eurasian heartland, this time by Russia and China's strategic partnership. Those with the technological technical knowledge across the beltway, not the knights, not these politicians, are where the U.S. is not a match for hypersonics, for hypersonic Russia. Yet the Americans believe they can make life unbearable for Beijing. The U.S. establishment will allow China to control the Western Pacific over their dead bodies. Enter the instrumentalization of Australia. A big question is what the new role of of Five Eyes, the Anglo Club. You know, Pepe writes a whole bunch of stuff, but I want to touch base on this. CJ, I want you to bring up this. uh, Bring up the what is SEO. This is what all of you need to know. The Shanghai Cooperation Organization is virtually unknown across the entire Western stratosphere. You go to anybody in the West, you know what SEO is? I have no clue, but I know what NATO is. You go to France. Excuse me, monsieur, do you know what the SEO is? Uh, No, mon ami, I do not know. I only know NATO. Oui, oui. SEO is the foremost Eurasian political, economic, and security alliance. Founded in 2001, it is the world's largest regional organization in geographic scope, population, and covering three-fifths of the entire Eurasian continent. It is 40% of the world's population and more than 20% of global GDP. Experts are actually putting the GDP of the SEO close to 36% of global GDP. The U.S. and NATO is not not even remotely close to that number. You see, folks, when, when I look at the SEO, I see hope for humanity. Because they are tackling the toughest challenges facing humanity with scientific achievement and technological know-how. Not Green New Deal. Not Build Back Better. Not we need to kill 50% of our population. When I look at the SEO, you want to look at hope? Let me explain something to you. Some of you... Let's listen to this broadcast. Your ancestors woke up on the continent of Europe over 100 years ago, and there was no prospects for them. They got onto a boat because they woke up in a landscape that had no job, that had no opportunities, that had no dreams, that had no prospects, that had no future, that had no life.
and they got on a boat. And they spent a few months on that boat traversing the Atlantic. They took everything with them, whatever money they had left. And as they approached the port in New York, they saw Ellis Island. They saw the magnificent Statue of Liberty when it actually meant something. And they landed on the shores of the United States. They came into New York with maybe 2 or $3 in their pocket, and they helped build one of the greatest nations of God's, on God's green earth. One of the greatest nations that the world has ever seen. And we squandered it because of fucking libtards and politicians. And nobody was there gut-checking them because we're too busy being decadent and being all self-absorbed. And this is the problem of what I said. You cannot have a rugged individualized, you know, you can't live by rugged individualism and ignore your civic responsibilities. So they came here, some of your ancestors, hundreds of years ago from the European continent, and they made it. They helped make this country an industrial superpower. Folks, I'm telling you right now, some of you are waking up in America and you're wondering, where the hell should I go? What should I do? There's no other country in the world like America. And 25 years ago, I would have agreed with you. There's no place like in America. But you want to know something? As the guy from Nomad Capitalist would say, America is a legacy brand. And I agree with him. America is a legacy brand along with Europe. And when you look at the map of the SCO, there's a whole bunch of countries there that you can move to. Some of you might need to brush up on your Russian. There are so many prospects in Sochi and St. Pete's and Moscow and Siberia and so many wonderful places. There's amazing Americans who live in, in Russia right now, and I can't pay them to come back. I have friends in China. They're like, why the hell would I leave? I love it here. I have a better quality of life. I have more freedom. Huh? Huh? Right? Oh, yes, yeah, Scooby. More freedom. Can you imagine that? I got clients that are looking at, at, at Turkey, going to Istanbul. I got clients that are looking at, you know, getting into starting company projects in India. They're probably going to Bangalore, the Silicon Valley of India, right? You got people going to Kazakhstan, made infamous by Borat Sagdiev, that idiot Sasha Baron Cohen. But if you look at Azatanya, the capital of Kazakhstan, it is gorgeous, modern, incredible architecture. There are people that are leaving to Latvia and Estonia and setting up shop there. There are people moving to Hungary. I got colleagues of mine that are moving to, that have moved and setting up shop in Sao Paulo, Brazil. And they're moving to these countries. They, they're setting up offshore corporations and they're, you know, in, in, in specific jurisdictions, but they're going to live in these countries. And whatever business they do is that money's put through their offshore entity. Folks, you need to start thinking about this seriously. You need to go where you're treated well. You need to go where your money is treated well. It's not here anymore. And see, I want to send you something. I know this is a little bit off, off, off the, off the cuff here, but I'm going to send you something. See, this was sent to me by a buddy of mine, still, still in New York. Because you know, I text him. He's a good friend of mine. You know, we love cars. We love watches. We share. 
you know, similar passions. And he texted me something that was posted, okay, on uh, on a building in New York. And he lives uh, out in the Hudson Valley, which, and he lived in, 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 a, in a city called Newburgh. And Newburgh, New York, was known as the Pearl of the Hudson. Every aristocrat in New York, when they wanted to, they had a summer home in Newburgh. Thomas Edison lived in Newburgh, New York. That's where he invented the light bulb. Okay, it was in Newburgh, New York. This is, I mean, some of the most beautiful views, but it's been turned to a shithole ever since Democrats took over. Okay? And see, I'm going to send you, I'm going to email you this. If you could just pull this up. This is very, very prominent. And let me know when you got it, buddy. Then we'll close up. Roger that. <laughs> this was stuck and there's a place in Newburgh called, called Liberty Street and Liberty Street is being like revitalized you got money and businesses coming in and dude this is the ghetto this is like like you don't want to get caught out there at nighttime you're going to get carjacked you're going to get mugged you're gonna... I mean Newburgh had a crime spree that made Chicago blush it used to be I, th- I think still is rated the most dangerous suburb in New York I mean the most dangerous city in New York is not the South Bronx. It's actually Newburgh, rated the most dangerous city in New York, Newburgh. They call it the, the sixth borough, right? And they have some money coming into Liberty Street. Where, I mean, there's some nice restaurants. I've eaten at some of these restaurants, like Liberty Street uh, Bistro. Wonderful business coming up. There's a wine shop there. And this was posted at the at the local wine shop. Listen, listen to this. See, I don't know if I, I should read it or you should read it. See, I, I, see, I want you to read this, and I, want, I, I just want to hear your reaction. Okay, here we go. This property is subject to seizure by the people of community of Newburgh, a community that is majority poor, working class, people of color who cannot afford and are actively displaced by your business. It is because of this fact that you have received a gentrification notice. (laughs) Gentrification notice. Despite your intentions and with the understanding that this is your quote-unquote dream, it is coming at the cost of the community's safety and the future prosperity of people who are living here. Your business is not accessible, and that is not acceptable. It is because of this that we ask you either to close or do the necessary work to better understand the realities of financial and otherwise faced by the community you are invading. <laughs> oh, my gosh, B. This is insane. Uh, what you are doing is an act of violence. That displaces it's an act of violence, CJ. <laughs> Having a business there and paying taxes is an act of violence. Insane. This, this oh, this was a this was a real posting. This is a real posting. Now, I I don't think it's from the uh, the town itself, but I'm sure. But but this is the libtards. These are the community organizers that are going, you know, business to business, putting this up on business and harassing business owners, making their lives impossible. Who would want to do business there? That's Who would want insane. to do business when you got community organizers putting up notices like this? Your business is violence to the community. Forget the fact this is a ghetto where people are slaughtering each other. Forget the fact that you have you know SWAT team raids weekly, shootouts weekly, right? But the real violence is not that. The real violence is that this gentleman, and I know which wine store that this is, 
It's a really nice one. Okay. This gentleman decided to, you know what, invest and put up a really nice wine store in order to sell wine because you got a lot of people that come up from the city during the weekends. They, they come up from the city, they go to Newburgh, they go to Beacon, and, you know, because it's right by the water, there's some great restaurants there. And uh, they would, you know, patronage this, this uh, wine store. Forget the fact that this guy, you know, took the risk. He's, you know, he has a wine shop. He's paying taxes and all the fees and all the stuff that belong, you know, for the city. And yet he's being harassed. He's the violent one. This business owner is the violent one. Are we not living Atlas Shrugged? Are we not living? I mean, we're living a, a, a weird amalgam of Atlas Shrugged, 1984, A Brave New World, and the Book of Revelation all at the same time. I want the simulation to stop. I want the 10-year-old who's running the simulation just, I, I want it to stop. Please stop pushing the button. Stop. Unreal. Yep, I hold silver nails it. Look at that. Thank you for Thank the you super chat. This is this what exactly the end looks what, like. Yep. This is what was it. And I guarantee you it's some white liberal who put this up. I guarantee you that. Like, what the hell is going on here? This is insanity. Forget the fact that he's hiring, you know, this guy hires local people that work at his winery. All the businesses that are on Liberty Street are hiring locals to work there. Now they're being harassed. Your business being here is violence. That's how it is in every liberal hellhole in the United States. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, Siege, we're at the end of the show. Folks, this broadcast will be on YouTube, so it will be on YouTube as well as roguenews.com, so it will always be there. Um, if you haven't done so already, subscribe. There's at least about 60% of people that come in, they listen to these shows, they don't subscribe. We ask you to subscribe. We ask you to hit us with a thumbs up. It helps us with the algos on you on ScrewTube. There's been more community guideline changes. See, you heard about those new community guideline changes? Yeah, they're sh they shut down a bunch uh, oh, yesterday. Oh, they're nuking yeah. channels left and right. Anybody yeah. talking about any sort of poke, prick, or whatever else, you are gone. We are, we are gone. Yep. So those types of broadcasts will only be exclusively on roguenews.com. And with that being said, my man, anything else you want to say? No, a great show. I appreciate everyone tuning in. Absolutely. And with that, we are over and out. Take it away, El Cuco.